Welcome everybody to the Modern Day Overthinker Podcast. My name is Colin and I am your host. Thank you for tuning in. Today's episode is with Jenna Overbaugh. She is a licensed therapist and is the clinical marketing director at NoCD. You can learn more about NoCD by going to treatmyocd.com. They also have a free app in the App Store on Google and Apple. So check that out. We discussed obviously a lot about OCD, the misconceptions, treatment, subtypes, and just an overall OCD conversation. And it was great because it is OCD week. So check this out. Me and Jenna go way back, not way, way back, but we've been talking about OCD and interacting for quite some time now. And we love talking about it. We love getting the word out and discussing OCD. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. Here we are, and we're here to talk about a variety of things. Obviously, we're going to talk about OCD because we both are very passionate about that, and uh, just depression, and also wanted to bring up a subtype of OCD that uh, it gets talked about, but not a lot of people really are aware of it, and also just the different subtypes. There's a lot of different subtypes of OCD because everybody thinks OCD is kind of one thing. And that's another thing we wanted to talk about was the uh, the stigma with OCD or the misconceptions of OCD and it being about people being clean and tidy and things like that. So we'll start by just like introducing yourself. I've had you on before, but it's been a little while. So just let some of the new listeners know who you are and what you do and we'll go from there. Yeah, so... My name is Jenna Overbaugh. I'm a licensed professional counselor. Um, I'm in Wisconsin currently, but I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I've been working with people who have OCD and anxiety since 2008. It was just always something that I knew that I wanted to do. Um, I tried, you know, as soon as I got into college, every research paper, every project, every internship, it was about OCD or exposure and response prevention or anxiety one way or the other. Um, I've always been an anxious person myself and have come throughout my learning um, to understand that what I was dealing with was not just me being a weird kid, was not just, you know, anxiety. Um, It was a lot of obsessive compulsive tendencies. And um, I still struggle with it from day to day. Mm -hmm. Kind of with new things that come up in my life. I have a four and a half year old and I really struggled with postpartum OCD in particular, Uh, really struggled with harm intrusive thoughts, sexual intrusive thoughts, but I've gone through the treatment for that. I feel like, you know, it's, I'm definitely in recovery. It no longer really bothers me or causes distress or impairment in my everyday life. But, um, you know, I still feel really passionately. I'm obviously still a therapist and, um, still feel really passionately about helping people, you know, trying to make sense of this awful condition and the related struggles that they might have along with it, including depression, including other anxiety conditions and other things. So, um, 
yeah, obviously love everything that you do. And you've been a great kind of social Instagram pal. I know we found each other like way before even the pandemic. But um, yeah, it's always been a joy to, to sit down and chat with you. Yeah, likewise. And I was going to say I was uh, Oh, yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, the organization that you're with, because I really like the the no CV platform a lot. And I wanted to plug that a little bit, even though they're not paying me to do so, but I promote it anyway, because I like it. That's good. And that's the best kind of promotion, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, um, I'm actually the clinical marketing director and a therapist at NoCD. We are a teletherapy platform. Uh, we provide teletherapy services to people who have OCD, anxiety, and related conditions like hoarding, skin picking, hair pulling, um, which are all really debilitating in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also a free app. So, you know, anyone, even if you're not ready or can't access therapy for whatever reason, um, the free app is available. You can have a free, like a community um, of people who will kind of understand it because obviously OCD is super isolating and awful. And you feel like you're the only one who has these thoughts and Mm -hmm. there's lots of really good resources out there. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I live between, between my own Instagram and no CD. Um, that's where I am. Yeah. Cause you're just doing a lot of, uh advocacy basically and advocating on your personal instagram is a lot of just and then you have your own podcast as well tell us a little bit about your podcast too right so people can know about what's it actually was it's cool because i was on apple uh yesterday just looking at my uh to see if i got i've been obsessed with reviews lately and seeing if i'm getting (laughs) new new reviews uh you know, I the have more to go and review you. I would appreciate it because the more reviews you get, the more they'll push you uh, with the algorithm that they That's have right. on the podcast platform. I cut out a lot here because we talked a lot about podcasting and I didn't want the whole episode to be about podcasting. So back to it. And it actually says suggestions below and it was your podcast. No way. There was no That's other awesome. there was no other suggestions. It was just your podcast. We are just a match made in podcast time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, it's but it's called, called it's called All the Hard Things. Yep. Um, the whole premise behind it was, um, you know, obviously in OCD recovery and in any mental health recovery, um, I would argue it doesn't really matter what it is that you're doing, um, but that, that you have to do a lot of hard things. You have to make a lot of difficult decisions. You have to do things that you know, are kind of like these leaps of faith and you are putting in all the effort, but you don't know if you're going to get the payout. And Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I was working with someone once um, in an OCD context and I was trying to explain, you know, why exposure and response prevention is so important and why it's so critical and, you know, the benefit of pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone and reducing safety behaviors and all that stuff. And she just really like really legitimately asked me like if I had a choice between doing something that was easier and doing something that's harder like why would I choose the hard thing yeah like it was one of those situations where I had so much to say but I had nothing to say Mm. and I was like because it's good to do hard things right like it's good to do hard things like doing hard things builds character doing hard things is how you grow um and so yeah so that really like kind of was the the birthing process of my podcast and on there I go really in depth about OCD and exposure and response prevention, other evidence-based strategies. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been cool. And to see that I come up as like a suggested podcast, people 
strange, but in a really cool way. <laughs> we did this interview over Zoom, so we had some connection issues here, but we were able to get right back into it. Yeah, luckily, it was only for like a split second, so we're good. Uh, but yeah, that is awesome that you came up as a suggestion. So uh, it's I don't know if it's because I had you on my podcast or if it's just, I think it's just because it's relative, which is awesome. And we're and similar people probably see us, right? Like, yeah, and, and similar people probably we met share a few listeners here and there, which is cool. Uh, I've been seeing some listeners, my listener following go up a little bit just as of recently, which is cool because I've been consistent and that's the name of the podcast game from what I've realized. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do. My goal is to release an episode every Monday. So I'm going to be releasing an episode today, every Monday until the end of the year. And I'm, wow, that's yeah. a lot. I ended up talking about a lot of stuff I was doing with the episodes and the podcast recording and my work schedule and things like that, which is not really relevant to this episode at all. So I cut that out. I don't do as much. I do some editing, but I don't do do meticulous editing because then I could start to get into a weird like perfectionism type of place and then it doesn't feel conversational right like exactly it doesn't feel right uh some people like my friend Zach Vaughn just started a podcast and uh he's doing a great job it's called slice of life I will plug that Uh, he'll really appreciate that he's been on my podcast before too and um even though he's not having me as a guest, but I'm a backup guest, uh, which is fine. Uh, people have heard enough out of me. I told him. Uh, so he was talking to me yesterday and he's like, I've been editing for like an hour and I only got like 15 minutes done. This isn't exactly what he said, but I was just like, dude, like you can't do that, man. Like you're, you need to, I, I was like, I didn't say you can't do that. I was just like, I don't do that at all. Like I, it, it's just like, I, well, then it takes the fun out of it. Right. Like it, and that's anxiety. Yeah. It takes the fun out of it. Like it takes this fun thing and makes you feel like you need to have it perfect or else something bad is going to happen. And it no longer becomes fun because now every time you record, you have to set yourself up for like an hour or two hours of editing and no one wants to do that. So No, that's why I haven't done a lot of video yet because of the editing for that. All right, that's enough of the podcast talk. Let's, I want to first talk, start by talking about like some of the misconceptions of OCD that we see all the time that gets us frustrated. And I've, I've texted you about some of my frustrations that have happened in my real life, in my life. And, uh, what's something that, uh, you can think of that's recently, uh, been kind of a misconception or a or a misconception that you hear all the time it's probably the same one I hear all the time too but yeah well I think the big misconception that's out there is obviously that OCD you know is a good thing or that having a little bit of it can benefit you in some way and it's incredibly frustrating because we wouldn't do that with other conditions, right? We wouldn't say that having a little bit of depressive, major depressive disorder is a good thing or that having a little bit of, you know, substance abuse disorder is a good thing. Um, So I don't know why we feel the need to, you know, be okay with that when it comes to OCD. But obviously, there's this huge misconception around OCD that, you know, that some of those qualities are desirable. Um, 
And that's just like being tidy true. and being yeah. clean and neat and all that stuff. Attentive yeah. or, you know, being careful or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But definitely being clean, being cautious, conscientious, perfectionistic and high achieving. Um, and that can definitely happen. But when I think of, cause I worked, I worked at um, a residential treatment facility for OCD and anxiety. So it was one of the few in the whole entire world um, of residential facilities for OCD where you were so severe, your anxiety and OCD were so debilitating that you could not basically like take care of yourself, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, basic things, basic functionings, like going to the bathroom, eating, drinking, walking, sleeping, changing all that stuff. Changing your clothes, basically. Yeah. Like these people were not able to get through the day without some level of 24 seven support. Um, they were, they were a danger to themselves or somebody else, um, because of the way that they were continuing to live their life. And so these were individuals who would stay with us for like 45 to 60 days, if not longer. I've had some people stay with us for over a year. Um, and so when I think of OCD, I think of people who, you know, got in like eight car accidents because of their OCD and Mm, were told by their doctor that if they didn't go to treatment, that they were going to be basically put, you know, on a psychiatric facility ward where like they were going to be diagnosed with potentially like psychosis, right? Like either Mm. you you either need to get help or I'm going to basically put you in a locked up, locked up facility. Um, I think of people who literally would drink bleach because they felt like their insides were contaminated. Um, Yeah. Like I just have, I have pictures of individuals who would pee, like grown adult individuals who would literally pee themselves because they felt like every step they took, they had to like get permission from God. And if they didn't get permission from God for every step, then they couldn't take a step forward and they would literally not eat. They would have swelling in their calves and their ankles. They would pee themselves in front of everyone else. Like that's what I think of when I think of OCD. And so. Yeah. It's debil- be, yeah. Debilitating. It yeah, can be. for sure. It has the potential to be that for sure. And it, it's not always that way, but it can yeah. certainly snowball into that. Um, and so when I see an article, like what was just released today by psychology today, well, it was released a couple of days ago, but it's really causing a huge uproar in the OCD community right now. Um, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to, I can't wait to dissect this one. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I just found it. I think it was released September 9th of 22 on psychology today, which my understanding was that that was always a somewhat reputable source. Um, I I agree. Yeah. Like very sensitive to mental health information, um, a good source where people could go and find a therapist and find, you know, decent information about general mental health. That's Um, what I've used it for is just finding. I've, I've, directed people to use it as a resource to find a therapist. Absolutely. And I was always under, and I know plenty of people, plenty of great colleagues and people that I really admire um, who have contributed to articles on psychology today. And I guess I always just assumed that the people who were contributing to these uh, articles and to this content were to like be trusted and that they were reputable sources. But um, so psychology today. This one slipped through the cracks. Yeah, Psychology Today just released an article about the five surprising benefits of having obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, And it was about things like how people who have OCD are very careful. They're very conscientious. They're very attentive. Um, It it was just completely offensive and wrong on every level. And come to find out the person who wrote the article 
he doesn't have a background in psychology whatsoever. I believe he has a business degree. Um, and he actually wrote a previous article about the five surprising ways that having OCD could benefit you in the workplace. Um, which again, like, I don't think if you're getting in eight car accidents, you know, that that you can really function at work too well, or if you're drinking bleach to decontaminate your insides that you can really function too well at work. So um, yeah, yeah it, it was just causing quite an uproar, as you can imagine, within the OCD community. But does he actually have OCD or is he self-diagnosed? No. No, not to my knowledge. And then the sources that he cited, he sort he cited five sources at the end, three of which were his own work. So he cited himself, which is not a credible thing to do. The article that Jenna was referring to, which I still wanted to leave in there, was actually taken down off of psychology today after numerous people spoke out about it, which is awesome because it was I didn't even get a chance to read it. It was taken down pretty quickly. Because they realize that it I know was that the OCD community is strong. I know that we're really good at sitting with our feelings and you know having to forge ahead. Like I'm not worried for the OCD warriors in our community. Yeah. I'm worried for the people who are already under that assumption, and like that just kind of solidifies it. And like they go to the next conversation, and they're like, "Oh yeah, like I'm so OCD when it comes to this." And you know, like every time that I feel like we make a step forward, it's like something else comes up, whether it's like a Khloe Kardashian commercial or some crappy article on psychology today. And it's like, why, we would never do that with alcoholism. We would never do that with major depressive disorder. We would never do that with these other conditions. And I just don't know why we think that that's okay to do with obsessive compulsive disorder. It's incredibly enraging. So yeah, it's just like, I don't, yeah, I don't want this at all. Yeah, I know. I don't want to have OCD at all. It would be really great if I didn't, but yeah. yeah. I mean, we look at other people. I look at my husband, who's like the most unflappable person in the world. He's super chill. And I would love to just know what's going on in his brain on a day-to-day basis, because I feel like it's just very chill and like <laughs> volume. And like, I, meanwhile, I... I have like 18 monkeys going on, like a huge circus. I'm thinking oh, yeah. of all of the ridiculous things, like... Great example. My husband woke up this morning at four o'clock in the morning um, and our, we work out really early. Like we're just early birds. He woke up and worked out. He interrupts me at, uh, while I'm sleeping and he said he can't find our dog. Um, my dog is a little bit older. He's like 10 um, and he has been sick recently. Just kennel cough, like not a big deal. Um, mm. But that has really like set off a huge flare in my OCD. Like I have a lot of issues around like death and responsibility you want to check on the dog all the time yeah like wanting to check on him like making sure that I'm making all the right decisions to help him because god forbid he dies I feel like that's going to be my fault and Mm -hmm. at four o'clock in the morning so my husband comes in and he says I can't find ASIC where is he finally he goes downstairs and he finds him he was just like sleeping on a couch downstairs And me, my OCD brain at four o'clock in the morning, I'm like, oh my gosh, did my husband actually see ASIC downstairs or did he see like a big lump of pillows over a blanket? And so I like at four o'clock in the morning, I rush downstairs and I try to find my dog and I find him and I lay my eyes on him and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, everything's fine. And this is exactly what happened to me in postpartum. I would always like check on my son, but then I would doubt my own senses 
Yeah. And so I would doubt like last night in the middle of the night, I was like, are you that sleep deprived that you thought you saw ASIC, but you didn't actually see ASIC? And so I had to go back at mm. 4.05 in the morning and I had to go back and like touch him and like reassure myself that the he checking was actually, and reassurance, yeah, like he's actually in the house. And it's like, no, I don't want to freaking do that. Like, I don't want to freaking do that. I, no. That's not helpful. That's not a surprising benefit. Not uh, beneficial like, at all. I was up for the next hour reviewing like how awful it would have been if I would have like left him outside because it was raining. Like how awful would I have been if I left him outside and I forgot about him? Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I've been up since four o'clock in the morning. Meanwhile, my husband is working out, enjoying his life with nothing on his brain. And like, I have been up since four o'clock in the morning ritualizing over like the most ridiculous crap. No, I don't want that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, not at all. It's, uh, yeah, that is very frustrating. If you're still tuned in and listening on Apple or Spotify, I would really appreciate if you would review the podcast. It really helps me out and helps get me more listeners so I can get some more guests on and more listeners means more love all the, like all the leaves are changing. I appreciate all of you. Thank you. It's hoodie weather. I'm like, I get super depressed <laughs> and. I hate it, and I've been trying to learn ways to cope with that, and a little bit was just actually my, you know, physical self was, oh, I didn't think about this till I saw a psychiatrist, which is very important to uh, see specialists uh, if you're able to, and she was like, have you ever checked to see what your vitamin D levels are? I'm like, uh no she's like you could probably really benefit from vitamin d i'm guessing so we checked did some blood work my vitamin d levels were pretty low and obviously they're going to be even lower when there's the sun's not out as much right and so i take vitamin d now and it helps and i'm hoping this fall goes uh but last fall wasn't too bad and I'm hoping this fall goes a little bit better and yeah uh just learning those things and being aware of those things that trigger you and that caught that put you in those funks and I still don't love fall and it's a little bit of um a trigger for me because Fall was when I started developing, for lack of a better way to say it, OCD symptoms and like really realized that, you know, it just kind of hit me. Uh, like, as you've probably heard many times, and I think you've talked about it before, but OCD hit me like a ton of bricks when I was like yeah. 13, 13, 14. Um, before that, I was relatively for lack of a better way to put it normal (laughs) um or you know like just i didn't have really many mental health issues before that then it just kind of boom i just started like having these crazy thoughts and like then doing these compulsions and uh or intrusive thoughts i should say and just hit me like like just like a ton of bricks and i was just like uh so then that happened during fall. And I remember the first Halloween when I had OCD and then everybody's all, you know, 
dressing up and having fun. And I'm just like, I don't want to leave my house at all. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to leave my room. And I was having a lot of arm OCD type of issues and it was just terrible. So I think it's a little bit, maybe like, I wouldn't say PTSD, but similar to that, you know what I'm saying? Like where I remember, you know, I don't have, I don't have good fall. A lot of, I have a really bad fall memory that kind of like covers up all the, all the good fall memories, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. And I, I feel like, I mean, we have less opportunity to like go out and do things, right? Like I know that a walk every day makes me feel really great, but I don't really feel like doing that when it's negative 30 degrees here, which it can be in Wisconsin, right? So, um, you know, it's harder to travel. It's harder to get out and do things. There often aren't as many more structured things to do. So I feel like. And once the time, once the time change happens that, oh man, I hate that so much. Yeah, it's hard. And it. I mean, when you have OCD and depression, which so often happens, right? Like it is more common that when you have OCD that you would have some other comorbid condition as well um, versus just having OCD, even though that's totally valid too. Um, But it's really normal when you have OCD, especially when it's debilitating you to such a degree and you're so unhappy with the way that your life is going because of your awful symptoms, right? Like, of course, it's normal to be experiencing some symptoms of that depression and the wintertime can can make that way harder to fight. And when you don't have the energy because of the depression, it's like having OCD and like uh, really implementing the treatment, whether that's like just on your own from what you hear on podcasts or whatever, or like with an actual structured format of seeing a therapist, like it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of mental energy to be doing these exposures, to be resisting your rituals, to be mindful of your compulsions and mindful of all your recovery strategies And when you don't have as much energy or as much motivation or as much confidence or whatever, because of that depression, like it's really hard to like scrape from the bottom of the barrel when it comes to your energy to be. Yeah. When you're depressed, you don't want to, you don't want to do regular tasks, let alone exposure response prevention tasks, you know? Yeah. And it's so much easier and more tempting to be like, oh, well, I, I don't feel, I don't feel like it today. So I'm not, I'm fight, I'm not fighting this. I'm just giving in. Yeah. Right. Like I just, yeah. So it's, it's real. It's a thing. Um, They can often, you know, interplay with each other and make each other worse. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's a, it's a thing for sure. Um, Yeah. Another reason why having OCD does not come with these surprising benefits. <laughs> Yeah, another, yet another reason. So let's dive into some of the subtypes of OCD, uh, just the general ones. I know there's harm, uh, there's the sexual OCD, there's relationship OCD, which I wanted to touch on a little bit just because I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it. And also it's a it affects me. It's one of my subtypes that affects me that I didn't know about really until the last few years. And yeah. So what are some of the main subtypes or maybe even the, some of the subtypes that are, that you hear about a lot that aren't really talked about? Yeah. So I think the subtypes are great. Um, there's definitely pros and cons, right? So when we say subtypes, we're saying that there are these 
pretty um, more commonly seen than others, more commonly seen kind of manifestations or like groupings of symptoms and experiences that other mm-hmm. people also share. So um, at the end of the day, obsessive compulsive disorder is the doubt disorder. That's actually what it's nicknamed in other countries, mm-hmm. um, because at its core, it's really about this intolerance of uncertainty and this, um, you know, like intolerance of doubt, um, essentially. So whereas um, an average person is able to tolerate more of that doubt and tolerate uncertainty, so on and so forth. They're more willing, let's say, to like take bets according to what it is that they want to do in their day-to-day life. Um, people who have OCD in some areas are not as willing to take those bets. They feel like they need to be 100% sure, you know, that their insides are not contaminated. They need to be 100% sure that their dog is alive, right? Despite mm-hmm. all of their other senses and the here and now giving them every indication that there is no threat, they still interpret that there may be a threat because that 99.99999% faith or trust is not enough. It needs to be 100%. So exactly. I, I say all that to say that OCD can attach and link to anything. So even if you feel like you don't like fit really neatly and nicely into one of these subtypes, you still may have a very valid OCD experience. It's just that these subtypes exist because that's like the more kind of conventional clicks, so to speak, that we that we hear about. Um, And so some of those more common subtypes are, like you mentioned, harm OCD. So that's when someone experiences obsessions um, related to Um, unwanted thoughts, ideas, images, impulses, or feelings about either um, wanting, quote unquote, to harm someone or not wanting to harm or um, accidentally harming someone. Um, I want to be clear about what I just said. So all of these thoughts are ego dystonic, which means that they do not want to have these thoughts, they scare them. Um, But sometimes people with OCD can worry that they would do that on purpose, that they would kind of like lose control of their impulses, even though it scares them to death, and they don't want to do that. It's yeah. the last thing that they want to do. So I said want with quotes. Yeah. I, right. Yes. Um, but yeah, I don't want anyone to think like that they want to do these things because they don't. Um, exactly. They might doubt that, right? Like, do I not, do I hate that? Do Did I hate that scary movie enough? Or did I hate that image of hurting my baby enough? Like, I have to know 100% that I absolutely hated that image of throwing my baby down the stairs. Otherwise, I'm a horrible parent. Um, so these are, but you can... Why did I, why did I even think that, you know? Right. Like, what does that mean about me that I even had that thought? Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also, um, sexual OCD, which is just obsessions related to these unwanted intrusive thoughts, ideas, images, impulses, feelings, or sensations of a more sexual manner. So again, these are things that people don't want to do. These are things that scare them, but they're just these images or thoughts that come up repetitively that are very distressing in a more sexual way. So fearfulness that they might be attracted to children, fearfulness that they might molest somebody. Um, I've worked with plenty of people who were like terrified to go to the grocery store because they were fearful that, you know, if they got too close to somebody in line, they might like lose control of their impulses and just like touch them inappropriately. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's a bunch of other, we are all familiar with kind of the contamination themes and the symmetry themes and ordering and arranging this. And those things can happen. They're very debilitating though. And not what people think that it might necessarily be. Um, yeah. So for those, like some people think, you know, obviously there's that thought of, you know, people need to be clean and tidy because they have OCD and things like that. There are people like that, but the people that think that, you know, that OCD is like that, 
you know, obviously it's just a subtype of OCD where there's some people that are like, they have to have things in order, but there's more to it than that. Can you kind of explain what that is? So people understand that. If you like things that way, and if that's just part of your character and that's something that you enjoy doing, and that's not a problem for you, that's not OCD. Um, You know, I like, my house to be clean. I like for my toys, my, my son's toys to be picked up. I, I, I like my, you know, office to be kind of orderly and arranged, but I could be flexible with that at any time, right? Like if I needed to like get out of the house right now and go to a work like on site, I could leave everything the way that it was. And I wouldn't feel any amount of anxiety over things not being right or whatever. Yeah. If I have guests over, you know, if I have family over or my son makes a mess, like it's not distressing. It's not an impairment to my everyday living. It's just the way that I would prefer things to be. I don't need it to be that way. So yeah. preference versus need is a huge distinguishing factor here. Um, and also whether you like it or not, right? So, you know, I, in the examples that we've given, it's like, I don't want to keep doing that. Like, I want to go to, I want to go to freaking bed. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to go to bed. Um, and you're just so frustrated, but it's like, oh, I can't go to bed because I feel like I have to do this thing. And I just want to do this thing so I can go back to bed. Um, so that's kind of the the feeling um, with a more like obsessive compulsive disordered type of behavior is like, I, I feel you feel compelled to do it, even though you don't want to do it. Um, versus somebody who's like, oh, no, like, this is part of my life. This is part of my core values and my character. And I'm totally fine with the way that it is. Um, that's not OCD. Yeah, the OCD part would be like, hey, I have to have everything clean and tidy. Otherwise, yeah, I cannot go to bed or I cannot literally do anything until this is done. Right. Yeah, that or something really bad's going to happen if I don't do this. Right, exactly. And or or it can just be a fearfulness that like it doesn't doesn't feel right, right? And like I'm going to be uncomfortable yeah. forever. So sometimes the fear is like more um like external, right? Like, oh, if I don't go back and check to make sure that I didn't hit someone with my car, I might have hit someone with my car and I will have just killed someone with my car and not know it. Um, If I don't go and check to make sure that my dog is not outside, he might be outside suffering and die because of me. Um, Mm -hmm. And those can be like very, they can feel very real, like very real fears. But sometimes the fear is simply that like, it's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to move forward unless I do this. Like, I'm just going to continue to be uncomfortable forever unless I do this. Um, So that's a very real experience for people who have OCD too. It's not always, it doesn't always have to be this fearfulness that something bad is going to happen. Sometimes the bad thing is just this feeling of being uncomfortable. That's never going to go away. Yeah. That makes sense. That constant, just like fear that's Mm -hmm. lingering in the background. Are you keeping up with Modern Day Overthinker on social media? Well, you should be. It'd be cool. It'd be neat. Head over to moderndayoverthinker.com or mdoverthinker.com and all the links will be there for you. So let's talk about the, well, we don't have a lot of time left. So let's talk about the subtype that I wanted to bring up today, which is relationship OCD. So where can that, can you provide some examples of how that can come up with people? Uh, yeah, so relationship OCD is, you're right, another one of those subtypes that we're learning more about that's coming to light more and more. So mm-hmm. relationship OCD, it's talked a lot about as though it's just about romantic relationships, and that yeah. certainly can happen, and that's certainly 
probably is like in my experience, the most commonly expressed like yeah. type of what people are struggling with, but it can latch on to any relationship. There's no functional reason why it should just be about romantic partners and not other significant relationships in your life, like with your parent or with your child or with a friend or a coworker, an aunt or an uncle. Um, so relationship OCD just refers to when someone is experiencing obsessions and compulsions around a significant relationship in their life. And you can have relationship OCD about the person, right? Like I work with a lot of people who sometimes feel like, you know, am I attracted enough to my partner? Um, Mm -hmm. Like, is that, is this person the one for me? Um, Mm -hmm. Is this person like, do I actually find this person attractive enough or funny enough or good enough or whatever? And it's very centered on that person. Um, but then I've also worked with people who have more of like relationship OCD about almost the like integrity of the relationship, right? Like, do we spend enough quality time together? Um, is our uh, connection good enough? Like it, it's John um, Hirschfield, who is kind of an expert in the OCD community. Ha- uh, he was often, he'd often um, said on his social media, he said something once that said that OCD is a glitch in the good enough system. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought is just brilliant, right? Because it's like this sense that like my partner's not good enough or that this relationship is not good enough. Our bond is not good enough. Our memory together wasn't good enough. Um, And that's not just with uh, relationship OCD. It could be with any type of OCD, but it's this relentless pursuit of it needing to be better and better and perfect and certain. Um, And that can be really debilitating for people. Um, There's lots of core fears throughout all of this, uh, the OCD subtypes, but especially with relationship OCD, I feel like people really struggle with core fears like regret, like that I'm going to have made this decision to be with this person and then I'm going to be 80 years old and I'm going to regret my whole life. And Mm. um, yeah, it can get really heavy for people, but um, yeah, it's, it can be really debilitating and it can totally, I mean, some compulsions that people might struggle with is like breaking up, right? Like, it's just easier for me. Like, you know, if I am constantly worried about my relationship, if I just get rid of my relationship, then I won't have this problem anymore. But unfortunately, that just leaked, it just, you know, the problem doesn't actually go away, because the relationship itself was never actually the problem. The problem was the good enough system in your brain, which is OCD. Um, So yeah, it can just get, it can get really, really messy. Yes, yes, it can. I, a lot of those a lot of what you said made sense and yeah it's like am I, yeah is this person good enough or yeah am i going to get in this relationship and then a couple of years down the road regret it or a lot of what it, you know classic ocd what if scenarios you know and uh or am i settling you know is there someone else out there things like that it's just all those questions that i don't want to have to think about and i i can't i want to be able to just enjoy the moments and just enjoy my time with that person but i'm obsessing about like all the you know all the what ifs and the doubt and it's just really frustrating and i've been i've dealt with that I didn't think I really had that subtype and it's kind of a newer subtype that I've learned about too. And, you know, I've always dealt with like the harm and the sexual stuff, but I've never dealt with or never really thought that I had the relationship 
OCD until I started getting into more serious relationships and noticing, I'm noticing a little bit of a pattern here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's how OCD can be, right? Like it starts out as like one or two little tendencies that at the time probably don't feel like anything, but then eventually like the weeks go on and the the months go by and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, like this is definitely becoming a pattern. This is becoming like the snowballing of something that feels very, very, very uncomfortable. Um, yeah. So I feel you. And you're definitely not alone. I mean, a lot of people out there, I'm sure will probably be like, oh my gosh, that's me. Like that's been something that I've been struggling with and I had no idea that that was a thing. Um, but that's why there's so much beauty in the things that we do, right? With these podcasts. Exactly. And also some one other thing, which I don't even know if it's OCD related or if it's just me related, you know, or I was like, is this just me or is this OCD? You know, the there's that confusion sometimes. And uh, one of the things that I do when it comes to, see, it relates to me with romantic relationships when it comes to this subtype from what I've noticed anyway. And one thing I do is I'll dissect that other person and and find like every little wrong thing and be like, well, that kind of, you know, as a reassurance to some of my doubts, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we think it'll be helpful, but it just ends up making us feel worse. Yep, sure does. Yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating, but thank you for clarifying that a little bit more because I need to learn, continue to learn more about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm still learning about it. Like, I've been doing this since 2008, and I still learn. I'm still learning all the time. Um, yeah, it's a constant. Yeah, yeah. like you're constantly learning more, or like one new analogy here, or like a golden nugget of information there. Um, but that's that's the recovery train for you. Like the the commitment to like continuing to learn and continuing to be open to these tools and put one in your back pocket here and ask a question there, put another one in your back pocket there and you know, we'll get there. Yep. It's a, it's a continuous process. That's for sure. But I got to keep moving and keeping and keep having an open mind about it. Otherwise I'm going to get stuck and I do not want to get stuck. I know that for sure. (laughs) Well, I know you got to get going, but I appreciate you being on and spending the time with me today and i always enjoy talking to you a link to jenna oberbaugh's podcast as well as her social media accounts will be in the description of this podcast and i think we were able to get a lot out there in the short even in the short amount of time that we were able to talk today sure awesome well thank you so much for everything that you do i Hope that anybody out there, if you need more support, you know, like we said, we talked about no CD, you can download the free app at treat my, it's called the treat my OCD app, or you can go to www.treatmyocd.com. The awful, I mean, we talked a lot about how OCD is so debilitating, but we all, Mm. we didn't really talk at all about, um, you know, how awesome the treatment can be for it. Uh, It's, it's exposure and response prevention is the, is more effective for OCD than any other treatment for any other disorder, um, which I feel like is the silver lining, right? Like with how debilitating OCD can be, um, you know, we do have this really awesome treatment that can be super, super helpful and super effective for the vast majority of people. So, um, you know, there's definitely hope you're not alone. Um, and there's resources out there to help and that are more accessible than they ever were before. Yep. 
and there continues to be more resources as that's what's awesome about the mental health community and in general just we continue to grow and evolve and adapt and keep getting strong a stronger community for people that need help Mm -hmm. awesome all right well i'll let you go i appreciate it i'll talk to you soon okay thank you see ya bye bye